This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Chuck Hazzy is joining me today. He's wearing his Leech Lake Fish House Rentals hat because, Chuck, we have ice finally. We do have ice. It's, it's been a strange start to the winter, but uh, we're, we're finally there. Boy, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing out there? How thick is it now? Well, it, it varies. Um, parts of the lake froze over at, at different times. Uh, some, some parts of the lake, the south end of the big lake, they are allowing half-ton trucks out and stuff this weekend, um, pulling fish houses. We're kind of more on the northwest side of the big lake, and on average, we're we're seeing nine to nine to eleven and a half, twelve inches in spots. Um, but just there, there's a little bit of variance yet, so we're we're playing it safe. Uh, we're going to open up to uh, side by sides and and ATVs this weekend. Um, but right now we're, we're not letting anyone drive out yet. Okay. So, uh, so you, and that includes you. So you're just using, uh, the smallest vehicles you can to get yeah. your ice out there. So you're feeling, you're feeling the weather in a big way. Yeah. If, if my voice sounds a little fuzzy, it's because my beard is completely frozen right now. And <laughs> there's probably a little echo trying to get through it. <laughs> oh, well, at least, but at least you can get the houses out there and get people out there, uh, catching some fish. Yeah, we've been shuttling people out. This will be our second weekend now. Uh, last weekend we were we were pretty full. We we shuttled everyone out on on ATVs and trailers that didn't have you know they didn't bring their own ATVs. Some of them brought their own side by sides. But for those that that didn't have a way of getting out there, we shuttled them out on trailers and four wheelers. So we we made it work. What are you hearing? How's the bite? Uh, the bite actually uh, last week and through the weekend was really good for jumbo perch. A um, few walleyes here and there in the in the evening and morning hours, and then when that 15 below pressure system came in Saturday afternoon, that that slowed it up a little bit. But I'm hoping things are going to pick back up here towards the weekend as we start to get closer to that warmer weather. Um, the the bite uh, for the perch uh, is interesting because if I recall a couple of years ago, perch numbers were seemingly a little bit down on leech, but I think I've, if I recall, they seem to have bounced back very well in the last year or so. Yeah, this will be, I would call this the third year now of a, of a pretty good winter perch season. Um, there was a little bit of a gap in there with, I don't know if it was numbers um, or just size, um, we did have a little bit of gap in there where it just seemed like there there wasn't as many uh, perch being caught. But now, like I said, this will be the third year of it, it's been pretty consistent, and and most of our renters are leaving. You know, by the end of the weekend, they've they've usually caught enough to to do a fish fry one night, and then they're they're leaving with the half a five gallon bucket or so full of nice jumbo perch along with a few walleyes and maybe an eel pout. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's always always pike around, but everyone seems to be catch, catching a little bit of everything. But we mainly target that jumbo perch uh, area of the lake now. Okay, and and you know this is not like your summer guiding where you you hop in a boat and you roam you roam around till you find a spot. I mean you're you got to figure out where the bite is most likely to be because <laughs> moving a house out there takes some time and effort. 
Oh, it, it does. And I always say it's just trying to guess right more than you guess wrong. And I mean, we, we have our traditional areas where we kind of first start out with first ice and we try to track the movement of fish. Um, you know, we do a little bit of fishing and off on our own and just try to keep up with where things are moving and where the bite is. And then we plan accordingly from there. Um, this year has been a little bit of a different scenario. We're kind of we're kind of stuck in, in one area until we build maybe just a little bit more ice and we can branch out a little further, but so far so good. I mean, at least we, even though we are, we're, we're maybe only a mile from shore. Um, you know, the, the, the perch seem to be at least in this area for now. So we're hoping they, they stay here for a little bit longer. I would think, you know, for the savvy angler, you know, um, you, you provide a nice ice house for them. You put it hopefully in the right spot if the weather wasn't as ridiculous as it is these last few days, and it's, it's a, you know, a decent day uh, with the lithium-ion augers now and, uh, you know, four-wheelers and snowmobiles, I mean, you, you, can, you can just use that as a base if you need to, and it doesn't take that long to move around and drill a new hole. Right, right. Yep, absolutely. And, and, some, and some of our customers, they're just, you know, it, they treat it more of a camping adventure. So you get kind of a mixture of the the diehards and then the the people that just kind of want to relax and and just be comfortable in the house um but the diehards yeah you you see them getting out around the house drilling holes putting tip-ups out um this year with the ice conditions you know it's it's maybe not as as easy as just taking off and running to a different area to to check it out or anything like that just we're not quite there yet this year um but yeah we get we get a mixture of everyone Okay. Well, um, what do you anticipate based on what you were seeing with fall fishing? The fall bite, if I recall, the last time we talked was pretty good. Yeah, the, the fall bite this year was, was excellent in certain areas. It, it didn't seem like it really was a normal fall as far as traditional fall areas where the fish were. There was maybe two or three core areas where it seemed like the majority of the fish ended up. So, um, we'll see a lot of times those fall patterns don't transition over into ice fishing. Um, it's just kind of always the way Leech Lake has been. Um, but as we move further and further, you know, away from shore, typically, um, once we get a little more spread out here, we, we find, you know, four or five core areas out here where maybe the fish are holding for a certain week or two period of time. And, we we fish them until they until they slow down and then we move again. So there's lots of scouting around and you know some days it seems like you could literally throw a dart in the air and wherever it lands. I mean there's there's not a ton of structure um, on on the main part of Leech Lake. So a lot of times you're just fishing weed to sand transitions or you know sand to mud transitions. There isn't a magic depth usually. Sometimes we're we're catching perches in shallow as eight feet and you know, might have a guy that's a half a mile away catching them in 12 feet. So we fish for the most part shallow water, a lot like Upper Red Lake. And uh, sometimes there's no real rhyme or reason to where they end up unless they're they're feeding on crayfish. And there's a you know a massive crayfish movement to an area that seems to be where the where the perch end up. Um, you uh you mentioned eel pout um basically we don't get going with those for a few more weeks in in the big time i think it was like the second or third weekend in february is whenever the when the old eel pout festival was 
But um, that's usually about the time it really kicks in until until about mid-March or so, right? Yeah. I mean, as you get into late February and into early March in that spawning season, that's that's when those fish are most active. However, the last few years here in this shallow water, for whatever reason, from, we'll say, Christmas time till probably about right now, um, we've had a lot of houses catching multiple eel pout you know, a night. So it's been kind of a nice little bonus for those that, that like them. And, and we actually, every year it's, it's more and more, you, you get people who show up and they say, man, I, I hope I want to catch an eel pout or my buddy's coming with for the first time this year and he's never caught an eel pout. I hope he catches one. It's, it's becoming more and more popular. Oh, it, it most definitely is. Are you an eel pout angler? Do you do that at all? I am a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really used to be, but now it's become almost uh, a challenge. Um, a long, I mean, years ago, if you sat out in Walker Bay pretty much anywhere and fished two hours after sunset, you were going to catch an eel pout maybe three or four. Now it's almost become a, a sport as, you know, the, the chase, almost like trying to trying to hone in on a, on a single buck or, you know, there's actually quite a bit of different tactics and strategery used, so it's it's more of a challenge now than it used to be, which kind of makes it fun to a lot of people, I think. I, you know, I was just, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody, I said, you know, if if they had the Eel Pout Festival again, uh, it would not be a joke festival anymore. It would be a legit tournament. Oh, right, and even... Even towards the end, um, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, we, we did the weigh-in for, for the last maybe seven, eight years of, of that festival. And over time, I mean, you would see the, <laughs> you'd see the people hauling garbage bags in, you know, with, with dozens of dead eel pout. And now, I mean, towards the, the last part of the festival, people were bringing them in, keeping them alive. We would weigh them, and we would actually walk down to the beach every half an hour, an hour, and release them back into the lake. So um, that whole mantra of the, the eel pout and, you know, throwing them on the ice and all that, that, that's really changed now. I think people are a little more appreciative of them, especially now that they're a little harder to catch. Well, yeah, and, and I, I can't even, I, you know, I hear this old stories, I can't fathom a bunch of fish being left on the ice anymore. That, that would never happen now. Yeah, the ways of that have have, have really changed. Um, you know, as anglers, we're we're getting more advanced, you know, in technology and everything. But I also think we're we're becoming smarter in you know ways that people can damage the resource and how valuable the resources are, and and how easy it is or how susceptible some of these fish are to over harvest. So um, we've come a long ways in the in the last few years. We, we definitely have, and in fact, uh, it's now a, an official sport fish. I expect at some point we'll see a limit, you know, probably in the five range, something like that. Right. Yeah, I have. I guess I have not heard yet on, on the limit. I know there was some talks. I don't think that has been decided yet, but I would assume sometime here, you know, maybe in the next year or two that they will set a limit, and, and it may be, you know, not necessarily a statewide limit. It may be a special regulated limit, you know, depending on what lake you're on. Right, right. Well, we'll wait and see, but I, I think it's good news that they're that they're going that way. Absolutely. Hi, this is Chuck Hassey on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. 
Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? Well, look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at becoming a fishing legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service. My back sure hurts from carrying Kev Jackson for all these years. Chuck Hazzy is his name. Hauling ice houses around is his game, at least this time of the year. Tooling around in a boat later on in the year is his other game. I think it's the one he likes better. Bring out your crystal ball. Let's look ahead to soft water season based on, you know, all of fishing last year, what you're seeing now. What are you anticipating for Leech Lake in 2024? Well, first of all, my, my hope is that because we had this uh, late winter that it doesn't run into May or June like it has for the last couple of years. It seems like it's creeping further and further into early May or even middle of May <laughs> yeah. each year. And and I'm hoping we, we we're not we're not going to get paid back and and uh, maybe we'll have an open an open a normal open water season where you know typically the ice goes out on Leech Lake on a typical year if you look at historical data mid to late April um, you know and that allows some people to get out and, and test their new electronics and and you know tweak things and fish pan fish and get ready for that walleye opener the second Saturday in May. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, we, we're so far behind in ice making that it, it may be an earlier ice out or a normal ice out, uh, just cause we're not going to have that 30, 40 inches by the end of the year. I, I could be wrong. We could go into a deep freeze, you know, the month of February and we could make all the ice in the world, but, um, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm hoping that we have a, a normal ice out and, uh, everyone can kind of get out and, and uh, chase some panfish around and try their new electronics or their new boats or anything like that and get all their tweaks out because the last couple of years it's been on Leech Lake a matter of days, you know, before oh, yeah. opener, before the ice goes out. So Yeah. What, what are you seeing? I mean, uh, we talked about the perch numbers. Um, everything else, do you think the populations look good over there? Yeah, it's um, the, fall, the fall numbers were down a little bit. Um, I am hearing that, uh, Leech Lake will be stocked again for the first time this spring. I believe the last time it was stocked was 2011. I want to say 2011 or 2012. So they are planning on putting, uh, fingerlings in this, this spring. Um, so it, it, as a, someone who's out here all the time, I'm, it's not like I'm not seeing fish, but I would say overall the numbers may be down a little bit. They're a little bit tougher to catch. Uh, the clear water and, and pressure, I think, have a lot to do with that too. But, uh, you know, I, I, we're trying to be proactive and not reactive. So uh, we'll see where that takes us. I mean, anytime you stock, it's going to be probably at least two or three years before you start seeing the the real benefits of that. Um, but that is the plan here as of right now on Leech Lake. All right. Um, so Christmas just over a few weeks ago. A lot of people maybe got <laughs> a big gift card to, you know, Reed's or, or a big a big outdoor store or got the cash. 
Now, we're not going to talk yep. about electronics because we know we can always buy new electronics every 20 minutes or so. But um, <laughs> outside of electronics, what should they spend that money on? Oh, man, a year like this year, um, you know, there's lots of new ice suits out there. Um, you know, cold weather gear, especially, I mean, we go back to talking about we're operating off of four-wheelers and side-by-sides, so we're driving around with frozen faces and and feet and hands and all that, but there's, there's so much new gear out there, um, you know, that you can use to keep yourself warm. I mean, just the other day it was... 15 below for most of the day and i mean we're cold but we've got we've got good gear um little simple things now like you can buy a heated vest for a hundred dollars to to keep your your chest and your upper body warm um you know face coverings that aren't the great big huge wool you know stocking cap type anymore you got the the thin little uh balaclavas or you know some kind of a face mask that just protects you and and gloves. There's a million different types of gloves out there. Um, you know, I don't like to be too big and bulky, but now they've they've started making thinner, more pliable gloves that seem to be working better. Um, so, to me, having the right you know clothing and you know the the ability to stay dry and warm is huge for me. So that's that's a gift that any hunter or fisherman will appreciate. Absolutely, for sure. Um, well, as uh, as we get ready now for this next month or so, um, what should we be bringing out with us? What do the fish seem to be biting on right now? You know, at least where we are, it's more about location than presentation. The perch, at least on Leech Lake, aren't real picky. Um, some days they kind of want a, a minnow just to be sitting there stationary. The next day you can catch them on a reaction, on a reaction bait. So usually we tell everyone to have, you know, start the day. Usually there's multiple anglers in each house and have one guy jigging something active and the next guy with a couple dead sticks and just let the, let the fish tell you what they want that particular day. When it, when it was warm, you know, early last week, um, you know, I think the perch would have ate a hot dog if you put it down there. But when it when it started to get cold, come Friday, Saturday, they got a little more neutral, and they wanted a full minnow, usually a fathead or a rainbow minnow, to just kind of sit there and swim on a plain hook. It didn't have to be anything fancy, but that's what worked best. So it's typically as you get further and further into winter, um, you know, a slower or more stationary presentation works better. Um, but that's not always the case. I would just say, you know, the majority of the time, low and slow will, you know, outperform something active. And that's usually due to snow cover and, you know, oxygen levels maybe decreasing a little bit in the system. Um, and then as we get towards end of February, March, and things start warming back up again, and then you kind of go back to those reactionary baits or something a little more active. Well, do you have time for a Fast Five, Chuck? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Chuck Hazzy, Fast Five. What's up? Fast Five. Question number one. I know the answer to this one, but i got to ask it anyway, make it official. Hockey or basketball? Oh, uh, you know, 
I'm going to say hockey, but where I grew up, I didn't even really know hockey existed until I went to college. Oh, okay. I, I, I lived in western Minnesota where there wasn't much hockey action until I went to college, and I, I played baseball, and, and all the hockey guys hung out with all the baseball guys, so I got to learn the game a little bit. Um, I still love basketball. I played basketball. I got a couple boys in basketball, but if I had to pick one, I'd say hockey. Well, speaking of hockey, I mean, are the Wild going to get back in this thing, or do we have to be prepared for like a two-year rebuild here? I boy, I don't know if they can dig themselves out of this hole now. I mean, it's, they always seem to go through these slumps and then come back and rip off eight, ten in a row, and then they're kind of right on the fringe. But, I mean, with the contracts and Freezy and Suter and stuff, I, I think every true Wild fan knows we're still probably a couple years away from from opening that cap money up a little bit and maybe maybe signing a couple players to go along with Kaprizov and and really compete then. All right. Question number 2. You you mentioned you're a baseball player, so I think I know the answer to this one too, but we'll go with it. Baseball or football? That's a tough one too, but I've been a true baseball guy my whole life, so I'll I'll go with baseball. Are we, uh, was, was last year a one-year run for us, or are the Twins going to be in it this year? Uh, you know, I don't know. I I, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be right there again. Um, it'd be nice to have a little more, a better start to the season. Um, I still don't know. I mean, we even thought last year we had the pitching, but um, maybe some of these these younger guys, Royce Lewis, and they maybe take, take the next step even further. Um, I haven't really done anything in free agency yet that I've seen. Other than losing so a couple pitchers. <laughs> right, we're <laughs> subtracting, yeah. Yeah, so that one's a tough one to say. I always say as, as long as they're competitive, I mean, I went to the first home playoff game and what's it been, 20 years or so like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. I mean, I that was a you know, I guess they outperformed my expectation last year, so yeah. we'll just have to see where it goes this year. All right, here we go. Question number three. Highbrow Chuck on this one. What is Chuck Hazzy's favorite book? Ooh, my favorite book would have to be Walleyes Love Nightcrawlers. <laughs> I haven't read that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's actually very informative. Okay. So I can just find that on Amazon or any bookstore or whatever? You, you should be able to, yeah. All right. Question number four. Duncan, we're going to compare two songs that share the exact same bass line but are very, very different songs. Chuck Hazzy, is it Under Pressure or Ice Ice Baby? Oh, it's Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can tell I grew the up difference. in the vanilla ice area, <laughs> in, in, the, in the era, yep, yep. I, I can tell which decade the two of us come from because we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> I can still remember when I, when Vanilla Ice first released that cassette, riding the school bus home, and one of my buddies had his boombox, and we would listen to Ice Ice Baby every day on the, on the half-hour, 45-minute bus ride home on repeat for probably two months. So, yeah. <laughs> That and MC Hammer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't can't touch this. 
Yep. <clears throat> well, I'm sure you've been singing Ice Ice Baby for the last two months trying to get it to happen, <laughs> right? All right. Yeah. We. Yep. Here we go. Question number five. This could be the most controversial question of them all. Pizza or tacos? Boy, that's another close one, but I love pizza. We probably order out pizza once a week, I would say, from Benson's here in town. Yeah, it's got to be pizza. I'm, I'm with you 100% for so many reasons. Uh, first of all, it's most places deliver, so that, that's, a, that's yep. always a plus. Secondly... Unless you live in Walker. <laughs> well, yeah. But secondly, you, you know, even a klutz like me can hold pizza in my hand and, and not make too much of a mess. You can't really do that with a taco. Right, and if there's any left, you throw it in a Ziploc bag and eat it the next morning for breakfast and lunch. I have done that many times. Yep. <laughs> Chuck, if people want to get on the ice and uh, do some fishing uh, with you guys and have a nice house to hang out in, uh, how do they get something set up? Yeah, you can always go to our website. It's uh, leechlakefishhouserental.com. Uh, we're also on uh, on Facebook. We we post uh, weekly ice and fishing updates there. Um, or you can just call me on my cell. It's 218-289-1383. All right. He is Chuck Hazzy of Leech Lake Fish House Rentals and, of course, Leisure Outdoor Adventures during the soft water season. Chuck, always love having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. And uh, when you get out there to do some fishing, good luck to you. Thanks, Kev. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm